Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. I am your host, Frank Pador, and it is currently December 10th, 2021 at 6.55 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, if you're looking at it, it is episode 13. That is correct. I missed last week, and I do apologize for that. Um, and I'll explain exactly why once I try to recap y'all on what has happened. But, um, yeah, two weeks have gone by. Two weeks have gone by. And you know what? Here we are again, right here, where it all, where we all vent, where we all try to make sense of this crazy world, try to take one step closer to what we wish and what we want to achieve. And you know what? Two weeks have passed and we have to evaluate. We have to, we have to be honest with ourselves. How much closer to that have we gotten? Are we a step closer to our goal? What we want to achieve, what we wish to become? Are we staying the same? Have we gone back a couple of steps? If you're staying the same, that's okay. If you're going back a couple of steps, mm, there's still time for improvement for you to go into the right direction that you want to go into, which is where I have been myself this past two weeks. So with that said, um, as always, a shot of commemoration to the podcast, to episode 13, to you for making it around life for two more weeks and to me. I don't know why to me. I guess I'm the host. That's why. So, here's to you all. Ooh. So, this is how we're going to go about this podcast. I'll catch you all up. Use that to transition into an article that I read and found to be of interest. Uh, and I think it might be of interest to you. Especially to those of you who are raising kids nowadays now i have three nephews i don't have any kids of my nets of myself thank god uh but it's we'll talk about it when we get there then we'll talk about something involving space which we'll be um viewing shortly or at least you know in the know of and then we'll talk about minecraft a little bit just because they did drop what was it? 1.18? Yeah, 1.18. And uh, there's there's some questions out there. And I found some articles which should hopefully help, aid, and even explain a little bit more as to what has come out with 1.18. Because there is a lot that they've done. So, let's get into it, shall we? The reason why there wasn't a podcast last week, and I'll be fully honest with you, I was down. I was I was feeling rather blue, you know? I was, um... I just, I, like, low energy and just... I wasn't really feeling motivated and I didn't want to, like, have a podcast where I was just, you know, I was just mumbling. No, like, I had nothing planned. Like, I had something planned, which is something that we're going to talk about this podcast. But I just, mentally, I wasn't there. I, I needed a week essentially to myself and it was it hasn't been a week or two weeks which wasn't fully productive uh i've actually gone heavily back into uh playing guitar again which is 
which has been really nice, actually. Uh, I've been up here in my studio, and I've just been plucking and cording and learning progressions and this and that away, trying to build calluses on my fingers again. Ever since I was able to get my seven-string Ibanez back, I've really been having at it. Which is great. Again, any type of musical... Uh, any type of musicality that you have and you're able to just pluck away or blow or what have you, even for a half hour a day, amazing. Keep it up. Do it to it. So today, actually, because yesterday my high E string on my seven string Ibanez broke. And so Shelby's and I went on over to a local music store. And, well, kind of dove in with, with actually learning the guitar. Got some books, got a guitar stand, which is an early Christmas gift from Shelbeast. Thank you again. Uh, got um, a new set of strings. And I got a, uh, a capo, which I've never used before. Capo, capo, capo. So that's awesome. Uh, just kind of going a little bit further into being a guitar player and, you know, actually having the tools that one guitar player should have and does use. So, that's great. Uh, I haven't been too heavy with my job, which I need to be, and I plan on it. I'm, the thing about the job is that when we were doing our training they always said, oh, always follow the script, abide by the script, uh, never change it, the script will work, just read it exactly as it is and don't change it. Well, first of all, me being the, well, what the hell am I, the um, insubordinate individual that I am, well, when someone said don't do it, oh, oh boy, I'm going to do it. But I did give the script a fair chance. I've had two dial sessions to myself using the script. And honestly, I don't like the script. Not one bit. Like, they always advocated to us, no, you're not a telemarketer. You're responding to these people's requests in order to have more insurance options be laid out in front of them. So yes, that is true. I am calling them back via their submission. However, as much as I try to tell myself that in my mind and while trying to call these people, that's not how it felt. I felt more like a telemarketer reading off that prompt and that script than ever before. So I'm changing and writing my own script, which is basically complete. I think it needs a couple of tweaks here and there, uh, maybe one more revision, but it should essentially be good to go. And I'm making the script more personable, more human, less like this. It was a script written by business people and probably insurance jerk offs rather than, you know, someone who is heavy within the arts, being a musician, being a, a thespian. I feel that we're a little more connected to our emotions. So I've hopefully written it in such a way where we don't come off sounding like jerk-offs. We sound like we're actually interested in inquiring a conversation with them. 
to talk about their needs and their wants and the security of either their mortgage, their family, their health, anything and anything of that nature. That's what we're here for. I actually got a lead because uh, I purchased more leads, but I actually got a lead where the the age of the individual was three years old. So I was like, wait, what is this all about? Turns out a parent of this three-year-old requested some information to get a whole life insurance policy for that three-year-old child. So it's not mortgage protection, but it's whole life insurance. And I tell you what, you insure your child at three years old. I was insured with a whole life insurance policy at two weeks. So no, I was, it was one week. I was one week old when my parents took out that, that whole life insurance policy from Prudential. But yeah, uh, that, that child's going to get insured and for very cheap, very cheap. So I got to research some policies concerning that. Once I call them and see that they're indeed actually interested in such a thing. Because I'm sure I could get them a whole life insurance policy with a return of premium rider. And that should still be fairly cheap. Probably easily 10 to 20k face value. Anyway. So... Work has been slow, but it's because I've been unmotivated and it's because I'm tackling with a lot of ideas and concepts and feelings about the job, which has kind of bogged me down. And then the transition point, which is here. Another reason why I felt down is because of the world that we live in. It started when, you know, two weeks ago, over two weeks ago now, that one dude in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, just ran his truck and plowed it through those parade, uh, through that parade. And, you know, six deaths total now, last time I checked, accumulated as a result of that. Uh, the dancing grandmas, who were primarily the victims uh, of those who passed, uh, they actually, as of four days ago now, I believe, actually had their first uh, concert or their first dance, whatever. Their first presentation since that incident. So they're they're back. They're kicking still. They're, uh, they're doing what dancing grandmas do, which is great and encouraging to see. But, you know, it's a shame that it happened to begin with. But Shelby and I, we were talking. And, uh, you know... Her and I, you know, we're musicians. We've done many parades within our time, playing our instruments, both marching. There was a couple of parades that I did where I was on, it was a brass, yeah, it was a brass quintet, and we were just playing on a moving truck, on a moving bed, which was interesting, <laughs> to say the least, but it was fun. But yeah, we, um, we were just kind of reflecting, we are just thinking, we are like, man, that this has been a this isn't the first time that something like this happened uh, a truck plowing into just a crowd of people during a parade or during a um a protest a peaceful protest i remember when i worked for npr years ago i remember there was um 
in Nice, France, there was a similar incident. A protest was going on, and some dude just plowed right into them. I think drove on the sidewalk, too. Like, he was aiming for them, just like this dude was in Milwaukee. But yeah, we were talking about that, and we are just talking about how much violence has come about to the point where I was actually really glad that COVID happened. And I say that because we were locked down. We were away from anyone and everyone for the majority of time. Schools were shot down. It was completely e-learning. I was happy for that. You know why I was happy for that? Because school shootings stopped. Like they came out with a news article. They're like, yeah, so this is the longest period that we had without schools shooting in, I don't know, like 10 years, something like that. I couldn't find the specific article or uh, uh, video that I watched and or read. But now that everyone is opening back up and that people are coming back in, like almost within the first week, two weeks that the schools were open again, students could come in, there goes another school shooting. There goes more victims, more injuries, more terror. And that's essentially what this public schools and just schools in general, that's what it's basically boiled down to. Hell, uh, been in almost 20 parades, said Shell Beast. Yeah, and out of all those 20 parades, you didn't have to worry, you didn't have to think, you know, is something going to happen? Hell, remember the, the Boston Marathon bombing? Why? People are just running. And yet someone feels the need to turn that into a bloodbath, into a horrible incident. It just... Thinking about things like that and then researching it did contribute to uh, me feeling down. It's because it's like, my God, there's... So much death, and for no reason. Just heat exhaustion. Yeah, just heat exhaustion. Both for parades as well as marching band rehearsals. Ugh, marching band rehearsals. Anyway, so while I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about these school shootings, which are now coming up and again, um... I was thinking about my childhood in comparison to my nephew's childhood. You know, I have, uh, again, three nephews. I think the youngest one just turned five or six. So, when I was in my elementary school, which is the same elementary school that all three of them went to, I didn't have to worry about uh, someone actually coming in in order to um, shoot up the place. I didn't have to worry about one of my fellow classmates concealing a gun in their locker or their backpack in order to potentially be aimed upon me later that day or that week. Nothing like that ever crossed my mind. We did train and do rehearsals of someone coming in as a shooter yeah school shooter drills 
we did do those but it was always some adult that was uh caught in sight with a uh with a gun or a prisoner escaped there wasn't a prison near where i lived but you know what if someone escaped and somehow eventually got there we trained for that we did those drills along with fire drills and tornado drills we did those we didn't have to do a school shooter drill where it was about a classmate it was always some sort of external source that was outside the school wait shelby so you didn't do school shooter drills tornado drill yeah we did tornado drills fire drills so i found an article which of course as always i'll post in the chat if you wish to read along and i'll also fire an earthquake oh we didn't do earthquake i mean being a northwest suburb of chicago i mean very little chance of earthquake excuse me but i found this article that i found to be interesting because it made me think of my nephews um and I, although the source of it is from Yahoo, it does say at the top of the article, the Washington Post. So maybe they kind of copied and pasted and put it in Yahoo. I have no idea. But um, the title of this is The Trickle-Down Trauma of School Shootings. And written by a Amy Joyce of December 3rd. So a week ago, literally a week ago. So, um, let's go ahead and plow right into this, uh, and see how different it is from what you may have done or from what I may have done into what's actually happening now for, oh, I'm sorry, what's actually happening now for the younger, um, people. We did do school shooter drills. We just didn't take them seriously. No, neither did we. Because it was such an irrelevant thought. It was something which barely happened back in the mid-90s. Hell, not even the early 2000s or the mid-2000s. I don't think school shootings actually started to happen... Oh, maybe they started to happen in the mid-2000s. Like, students doing it. Because I know that at my alma mater, Northern Illinois University, there was a shooting there. It was on Valentine's Day. One of my co-workers, former co-workers at the radio station, she was born on Valentine's Day. And that shooting happened. She was working at the radio station even then. So she wasn't able to celebrate her birthday because she was there covering it uh, live. Well, off campus, technically, is where that radio station is located. But um, they were happening just not near us. Yeah, I believe so. So here's what Amy wrote in this article. She writes, 
The first thing I thought about when I saw the news of the latest school shooting which left four teenagers dead in Michigan was my younger kid. He is joyful and thoughtful, and he worries. This child was excited to go to middle school because it has metal detectors. In his beautiful mind, metal detectors equal a promise that he won't die if another child wants to pull out a semi-automatic weapon that his dad allegedly bought at a store nearby, maybe during a black gun, uh, Black Friday gun sale. How would I explain away this one like, like I had tried before? How could I help him feel like his mother was doing her job protecting him when I knew I couldn't really? Some might point out, this is a very small population of kids who have been privy to the particular horror of school shootings. Well, sort of. This week, four so far children out of seven million this nation are dead, and a handful of grievously injured. But the ripples go far and wide. Our kids are traumatized. We parents are traumatized. People without kids are traumatized. The prosecutor in the Michigan shooting acknowledged the wide-ranging impact with the charges against the 15-year-old suspect. Not only was he charged with murder, assault, and weapon charges, he was also charged with terrorism. Because this is the definition of what was done. A shooter terrorized not just the children killed, but the thousands of others who can't sleep tonight. When my child looks at me and says he wants to go to school with a metal detector, he is saying what I already know. It could happen here. School shootings, however statistically rare, cast a long shadow. They have created an incredible amount of trickle-down trauma among our kids and their caretakers. Schools have installed metal detectors, hired armed guards, and created new to this generation macabre drills. I believe it's macabre. I'm a narrator. <laughs> she continues. Our kids have been playing shooter drill since they were babies, and the result is just more trauma. A white paper published last year by Every Town for Gun Safety, the American Federation of Teachers, and the National Education Association showed mounting anecdotal evidence that the shooter drills are inflicting trauma on kids and leaving them anxious and unable to focus on school. Drills vary from school to school, but some include actors who are masked gunmen. Wait, really? At the Lake Brantley High School in Altamont Springs, Florida, students were not told that a code red drill was a drill. According to the paper, one student said no one really talked about the emotional impact, which I feel like is more longer lasting. I feel like administrators never really recognized that people had panic attacks. In another instance noted in the paper, there was a poster hanging in a kindergarten class to be sung to the tune of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. So let's see. Lock down, lock down, lock the door, shut the lights off, say no more. Go behind the desk and hide, wait until it's safe inside. Lock down, lock down, it's all done, now it's time to have some fun. Eek. Oh, that's uh, macabre. 
Thank you. I didn't like singing that at all. My child was told during a drill in first grade that they were hiding from a panda that had escaped from a zoo. Yet he somehow knew that it was something much more nefarious that he was preparing for, and it impacted him deeply. It's unclear how helpful these drills are, though some this week have said they saved lives at Oxford High School, Michigan. Drills are not our kids take notice, maybe before we even want them to. When the Sandy Hook babies were murdered, my older child, the same age as the six and seven years, seven-year-olds killed, noticed his school's flag wasn't all the way to the top, and he asked me why every day. How, I wondered. How did he notice this? How will I ever explain? I can't explain away the lives and deaths of four teenagers, and how maybe they argued with their mom that morning because... They had spent too much time on TikTok or hugged their dad just because. Their shampoo is still on the edge of the tub. Their bed is unmade. And now they just aren't. I think about all the times I tried to protect this child of mine from the dark knowledge that kids with guns kill kids. I'd like to tell him it wouldn't happen at his church or in a prayer group. That this couldn't happen at his school, movie theater, his concert. I'd like to believe what so many people believe. It's such a small number. It can't happen here. But it happened at a synagogue near my hometown. A close high school friend lives in Parkland with her sons, one of whom was just a year shy of sitting in that high school during that particular massacre. It's far away in a minute possibility, in a minute possibility, except it isn't. It's always right here. And today teenagers know it. A majority of teenagers said they feared a school shooting could happen at their school. In a 2018 survey by Pew Research conducted after the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting that left 17 dead. Other research has showed a massive increase in antidepressant use among youths who were exposed to local school shootings. Uh, quote, it's important to recognize that there are many other students who aren't directly hurt, but they nevertheless experience these large costs that follow them into adulthood, end quote, said Maya Rosenslater, lead author of the antidepressant study and associate professor at Stanford. Quote, these events not only shake up communities and generate deaths and injuries and all the tragedy that comes with that, they also have these long-term consequences, end quote. I'm not scared of guns, per se. My boys know how to shoot. They don't like it. We have had the first day of deer season off from school where I grew up. My grandfather, a hunter who kept his guns carefully locked away, had a jolly sign on his door that read, This house is protected by a shotgun three nights a week. You guess which three. Yet... The specter of guns and the horror they inflict always lurked in the background. The potential evil of them became clear to me, starting with the day my boyfriend's friend, a sweet boy who shared the back of our station wagon when he saw Ghostbusters at a drive-in, fatally shot himself before he could even drive. A few years later, a friend's brother, who I had known since I was four, did the same. Those childhood nightmares haunt me today yet they feel small compared to the collective nightmares our kids are living through now. 
they can rattle off places like Parkland and Sandy Hook and Calbon, uh, Columbine as easily as state capitals. My son has already heard about the, this recent shooting. He will surely hear about it from his friends this week. Friends whose lunches are taken by the supposed bully, who I suspect is lonely and sad. Friends who have gotten into fights because someone cut in line. Friends who are big, but have innocent hearts. Friends who in generations past would have fought the bully, told on the line cutter, punched back without fear that someone would shoot them the next day. But now that fear is there, every day. It's okay. I'm not as scared as I used to be. My son told me last night, when I caught him looking over my shoulder as I read a story about the shooting. I feel better because our metal detectors are working again. Since COVID, students have been angry. What's a teacher to do? A teacher and father on what teacher and a father on what he can do after another school shooting. The most recent shootings makes us wonder how can we stay? Yeah, that's the end of the article, but yeah, the fact that they nerfed Twinkle Twinkle Little Star into lockdown, lockdown, lock the door. Jesus. And that is true. I remember reading column, um, articles in a book on Columbine. I, it was like, it was supposed to be, they played it off like, yeah, this happened. It was horrible. Oh my God. But you know, it's, it's fine. It's whatever. I'm like, okay, great. It's whatever. But as time went on, more and more shootings have happened. So it's not okay. These things will continue to happen, unfortunately, until people learn to lock their guns and not tell anyone, and also just stricter gun background. I'm for the Second Amendment. I don't mind if people have guns. I do mind them having military-grade weaponry, and I do mind the amount of guns that one can have. And also if they're being locked away securely and away from children. And just other people in general. So, yeah, that article, that shooting, that massacre that happened during the parade. It just, it gets you thinking. So that's why I didn't. Uh, do a podcast last week. It's because I was thinking about all the stuff, all the negativity, all the death. And also I was just going through my own mental stuff and I needed a day. I needed a week. Maybe two. Anyway, so that's the sad part of the podcast. Sorry if that bummed you down. I really didn't mean to, but honestly, these things make you think. And it made me think about my nephews and how different it is from when I was in the school that they're in to now. So, moving on. Let's talk about space. What about space specifically? Well, this Saturday, tomorrow, there's a massive, potentially hazardous asteroid to pass by Earth. Isn't that cool? Bam! Look at that. So, um, 
asteroid about as wide as the Eiffel Tower is expected to buzz past Earth on Saturday. Asteroid 4660 Nereus, I'm going to call it, will reach its closest proximity to our planet that day, according to NASA, but it will still be about 2.5 million miles away from Earth. So we're fine, don't worry. But if you want to follow that, um, I'm sure you can... Uh, uh, fizzles out as they always do. Yeah, I mean, if you have a telescope that's powerful enough on a clear night, you might be able to spot 4660. And if that's not enough for you, well, guess what? There is another fun, fun, fun in the sun. Comet asteroid that will be coming towards us in late, later this month. Shabamshk. Large asteroid stronger than a nuke heading towards Earth late December. I also like how they, like, try to scare us out a bit. Uh, there's a picture of just, like, an asteroid literally plummeting into Earth when it's really not that at all. The Jerusalem Post writes, uh, A large asteroid the size of the Washington Monument is headed for Earth in late December that, if it impacts, would cause devastation far greater than an atomic bomb, according to NASA's Asteroid Tracker. Known as 2018-AH, I'm sure they just say 2018-AH, the asteroid is estimated to be about 190 meters wide and is set to pass by Earth on December 27th. The asteroid is unlikely to hit the planet, however expected to pass by at a distance of more than 4.5 million kilometers. For comparison, the distance between the Earth and the Moon is around 384,000 kilometers. About a twelfth of that. But 2018AH has come by Earth before and at a much closer distance. So again... The article just makes it, like, clickbait, almost. So, but yeah, there you go. If you all are uh, stargazers or uh, asteroid trackers, you might be able to uh, to spot those two, those two asteroids. So, somewhere within one of the articles, I forget which one it is, um, but it's it's not scary. It's not bad. Yeah, Jerusalem Post. Okay. Yeah, it's just, they're far away. And I read something like, uh, within one of the articles, they say, yeah, so something that were to happen or crash into Earth, like, legitimately, as a fear, as a possibility, that's not going to happen for, like, another hundred years. So, I'm sure by then, technology will be up to date for asteroid prevention, asteroid collision prevention. So... For all you stargazers, there you go. If you see it, let me know. Email me at fsofpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what your findings are. So, last but not least, we're going to talk about Minecraft a little bit. Shabamshk. 1.18, how to find diamonds in Minecraft. Diamond level in Minecraft 1.18. So, I'm not going to like read through it word for word. It's available, but I will give you the highlights of it. So, uh, let's see. 
To find diamonds in Minecraft 1.18, you'll need to dig down to between Y level 14 and Y level negative 63. But to maximize your chances of finding diamonds, you should head as far down as you can go before reaching bedrock. Because the spawn chance for diamonds increases the further down you go. Remember to hit F3 in order to display your coordinates. And they talk about that. Let's see. If you're still playing Minecraft 1.17 or earlier, then you can find diamond ore in every overworld biome between Y levels 1 through 15. They spawn most often at levels 5 through 12. So, that's for 1.17 or fewer. For 1.18, Y level 14 to negative 63, better if you go down deeper. And they talk about tunneling and Minecrafting and uh, Minecraft tunneling. Uh, what have you, techniques. So there you go. If you really want to solidify and maximize your diamond finding and harvesting, there you go. So thank you, Ollie Toms, for the article. But that's about all that you really needed to write, rather than all the gobbledygook filler. But, you know, I understand. You have to use words in order to make an article long enough in order to impress the editor, etc., etc., So, the last thing I want to talk about, which is also Minecraft related. Again, 1.18 is huge. They did a lot. They did a lot. And I think they're already working on 1.19 too. So, yeah. There's a lot. But this one, by Game Rant. We all know and love Game Rant. Minecraft data pack adds over 85 new biomes to 1.18, including volcano ecosystems. So, let's see. How long are you? Not very at all. Oh, I just read something I wish I didn't. Fortnite adding Gears of War skins today. published one day ago so fortnite now has gears of war skins gross god they're digging at the bottom of the barrel gears come on like i know john wick is a skin in in fortnite but gears you're gonna play as marcus phoenix swinging a pickaxe at wood and trees Ugh. anyway so Minecraft is known for its blocky terrain and mixture of biomes, but the latest version of the data pack, Terralith, 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 adds even more to the world. An article by Andrew Paul Heaton. As well as being one of the most successful video games of the last 10 years, Minecraft is also one of the most recognizable with its bright colors and blocky terrain. Its world is one that stands out to many. One of the open world's title's most distinctive features is its use of biomes to really add flavor to the landscape. Minecraft has plenty of biomes, but could easily have more. And the data pack created by modders has been aiming to do that. Oh, it's a mod? Okay. Now in its second iteration, Terralith 2.0 brings with it a ton of new biomes to the game, some of which are surprisingly which are surprising, haven't been added sooner officially. Some of which are surprising, haven't 
been added sooner officially. <coughs> Excuse me. I think someone needed to edit this. Although the data pack has been out for a few months now, it was updated very recently and is designed to complement version 1.18 of Minecraft. Uh, Terralith adds more than 85 new biomes to the already expansive world with a trailer uploaded to YouTube not long ago which demonstrates some of these. The new biomes include things like canyons, Yellowstone, floating islands which the mod calls Skylands, Highlands, and more. Perhaps one of the most intriguing that it's that's included is a volcanic ecosystem. The trailer shows the open maw of a volcano. <clears throat> excuse me, phlegm, from a distance with lava seen on the inside. The general idea behind the mod is to give that extra bit of content and pizzazz to the Minecraft Caves and Cliffs Part 2 update that went live recently. This latest patch brings significant changes to the game, including expanding the maximum height of the world and altering the landscape and the way each player map generates. Alongside lush caves, this official update also added two new biomes of its own, jagged peaks and meadows. However, with the Terralith 2.0, players can have even more to play around in. The description over on Planet Minecraft says that there is something for everyone, ranging from realistic biomes to more fantastical ones. Even though vanilla Minecraft is still enormous enough for fans to keep playing for a long while, much of the game's longevity can be owed to the modding community, who are continuing to add as much content as they can. As well as these new biomes, modders can also create new textures, not to mention Minecraft shader packs that give the cartoon Y title more realistic light and shadows. As a game with near-infinite replayability, it's hard to not imagine a time when people will just stop playing Minecraft altogether. That day may come eventually, but for now, players can continue to dive deep into all sorts of new add-ons that are being rolled out to keep the game going for even longer. Minecraft is available right now for Mac, Mobile, Nintendo Switch, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Legacy platforms. Okay, so it's a mod. Never mind. I was about to say I don't remember the sh them showcasing um, volcanic biomes or volcanic ecosystems. I mean, that would be neat. That'd be dangerous. But there you have it. Oh, excuse me. So yeah, those are the. Uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. We got some fun space stuff, got some Minecraft stuff, and uh, unfortunately we got the horrors of life and what children have to live through more frequently than what we did. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's all I have planned, so that's basically the podcast. Uh, apologies again for missing last week, but I'm in better spirits. So, I will see you next week. I'm obviously found here. Uh, the, this podcast, I should say, premieres live on Twitch every week. 
at twitch.tv slash fapismplays, but then it is uploaded to YouTube at fapismplays, and it can also be found on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you wish to email the podcast, you can send it to fsofpodcast at gmail.com, and please include whatever you want topics of discussion, articles that you found interesting, or if you just want to say hello, great. By all means, send it to fsofpodcast at gmail.com, and it may end up on the podcast itself. Also, if you like my voice, you want to hire me as a freelance narrator or voice actor, you can. Check out padourstudios.com, P-A-D-O-U-R studios.com, and sign up for a free one-hour consultation so that we can talk about your project. Let me be your voice. With that said, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for watching. For those of you who catch this on YouTube, I will be back next week. Pure of mind, maybe pure of heart. We'll see. And with a new topic to talk about for everyone. So, thank you again. Take care. Remember to keep practicing, no matter what it is, so long it doesn't hurt you or anyone else, keep practicing. I'm going to practice a better mental outlook on my job and on productivity in general. I hope you do the same as we continue and strive to live in order to better ourselves, our futures, our careers, and our bodies, and our minds. Remember, mental health is good health too. Take care, I'll see you next week, and au revoir.